Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Shadows. Trace the salt, embrace the shadow. Hey, Diana. Hey, Courtney. We are back for episode number four today. Four episodes in, we're going to be discussing shadow work. Mm -hmm. What exactly is it? Diving into our, uh, what is the word, the... It's not like our logo, our motto. <laughs> yeah. What did you call it earlier? There was um, a word. Like our mission statement? I, no, no. No, no, I don't know about that. Trace the salt, embrace the shadow. Mm-hmm. Our slogan. Our tagline. It's like, yeah, it's like a slogan tag, yes. tagline. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so many things. Welcome to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diana's gonna hit us off with a secret <clears throat> icebreaker question today. Oh, well, hold on. We're both really excited about shadow work because it's a big part of what we do. Totally. And I think it's like, it's the heart of what we do, but the term shadow work is still such a unknown in society and I think it's really important to also just point out like I don't think I even fully comprehended what shadow work was until like just a year ago because it was December 2019 when I did my first like big podcast interview with Amy from Rebel Nutrition and we like I did like just like a one little like snip of what shadow work is because she asked and I was like I'm not an expert I don't know and now I'm like Shadow work is what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a shadow weaver. You also transform the shadow and do shadow work through the tarot. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, just, like, yes, we are very excited. Yeah. This is, this is basically our life that, that we choose to do now. And we're excited to, yeah, just share about that, how we incorporate it into our work, and just talk about what the fuck is shadow work. But first, Diana's going to hit me with the secret... <clears throat> question. I love surprises, so I'm excited. And before I ask you the question, I'm ask, I'm also going to light up. Oh yeah, cuz our joints everyone. are lit. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Our joints are lit. Our joints are, are lit. Are about to be lit. The altar <laughs> is set. Lit. The altar is set and the joints are lit. We almost sat down to record and I went to say the first line. We're 2 minutes into the show now and I and saying the first line. It's okay. It's okay. This is real life. We could always, of course, still put it in the beginning. Might do that. Because <laughs> it's a podcast. Honestly, this is the natural flow of things it is. at times. And what is a beginning? What is an end? This the is all part renew. of the natural state of our conversation. And I'm, so, you know. It's great. Always. It's how it goes. So an icebreaker question. Oh, yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I was going to... Go ahead, go ahead. Just go ahead. We're moving on. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. So, who was your first TV crush? Ooh, what? Where do you get these questions? You just came up with this on the spot like five minutes ago? I did. Oh. <laughs> I had a good reason, because I was talking about mine the other day, and so I was actually curious. Your first <coughs> TV crush? Mm-hmm. Like a character on TV. Yeah, no, And no, I, I don't care if it's animated. Okay, okay. <laughs> because, no, that's a thing. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh. 
This is a very fascinating question. There isn't something that just pops out to me all yeah. of a sudden. So I have, I'm like taking it in. Um, did I ever even, did I have a crush on, I feel like in my childhood, my like bouts of boy craziness were so real life that I like, did I even have time to crush on a TV show? But I watched sure. a lot of TV. I, that's just irrelevant joke. Kind of relevant though. Sure. Um, I'm just, yeah, I just cannot think of a TV, a childhood TV crush. That's okay. Maybe I'll think of something if you share yours. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, everybody remembers Steve Urkel. Yeah. I had a crush on his alter ego, Stefan Urkel. Oh. When he would go into his machine that would transform his DNA into his alter ego and he would step out smooth right as shit <laughs> smooth as shit yeah and, like you could just see the confidence coming off of him and like know that that was actually his probably his true self coming his here. essence you imagined it's who the actor was yeah is that what you think harbored the crush so much is because i think it was well i it was several things but seeing a transformation i feel was a part of it for me like seeing this Seeing somebody going through a process where they created a different version of themselves was Mm. really interesting to me, for one. Wow. Yeah. So many parallels to life in that. I I truly, really felt, like, curious about that process to start with. And then also just watching who he became and... How he carried himself and how he treated his relationships and just those different things, like, was a very different character than I was used to seeing on TV. And so, yeah, there was just a lot of different levels. It was very, a very different, like, personality than I was familiar with interacting with as far as men were concerned. Right. Um, but, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was mine. Wow. And I mean, of course, there's others, but... I wonder, I think of, like, Doug. There was Doug, the TV show, Doug Funny. Uh Uh-huh. Like, maybe... Did I have a crush on Doug? I don't... There's nothing that's... Like, I just can't give a solid answer. Right. Yeah. That's okay, too, because I'm also ten years ahead of you. And so, there's kind of like... But it's still the same lifetime. (laughs) Just Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years longer to have a crush, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, and it kind of is a generational gap of, like, who is on TV at that time, mm, typically, too. Like, yeah. You're not usually sure. Because I know who Steve Urkel is, absolutely, but, like, I... And, I, I mean, that time machine sounds vaguely familiar, but, like, right. I don't really remember... Right. ...too much. Right. Like, I was, like, 14, 15, and you were four or five, so... Right. Yeah. Fascinating. It is. Do we want to transition into why we say the slogan that we do? Yes, for sure. This is a fun one because Diana was just asking me this before 
the podcast, like before we started to record, and I was like, let's save this for the podcast because this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm just realizing, I don't know if you are, but I'm just realizing that the, <laughs> that we didn't talk about it and that we weren't on, I mean, it's okay, like, because as you're, you were saying, there are lots of different definitions, but it doesn't sound like we're really on the, like, we don't have the same definition or. Yeah, we, we thought of the tagline. Yeah. And it absolutely resonated. <laughs> yeah, it did. And yet until we came to this moment where we were like, oh, we're going to talk about it now. We This moment five, five minutes ago. <laughs> this moment five minutes ago. We recognized that we never actually discussed why it resonated, what it meant, what we thought it meant. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, so that part of our slogan that says trace the salt. <laughs> Yeah, go on. What were you saying? What does it represent for you? Like, boundaries? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, to me, that part of our slogan represented when you are ready to come face-to-face with yourself and you decide to draw a line of boundaries between what has stopped you from doing that before. So you draw a line of salt between you and whatever in the world hasn't allowed you to express who you truly are. Mm -hmm. And then you dive into the shadow. I really feel like boundary work is, is very closely tied in with making that step into shadow work. If it's mm. not immediately asked upon, it's typically coming very close behind when you begin shadow work because as you begin to allow parts of yourself that you did not allow or reveal before in your life, you come up against people that do not have space for those parts of yourself in their life. Or people that make it very obvious to you that they're not okay with you having it in your life. Mm. So you come to this place of really having this crossroads of I either give back into my own life and hide again and hide the parts of myself that I'm trying to allow into the light to be accepted, to be seen, or I draw a boundary here and I keep going. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, I'm just taking it in. I, I definitely wasn't thinking about it that way, and I don't think I've really – I don't know if I'm familiar with this. Like, I've heard of using salt for boundaries specifically with spirits, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily – And, I mean, I guess this is energetically and, like, so many different layers. Right, right, exactly. It could be ritualistic. It could be literal. Yeah. Okay. Symbolic. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that it's – trace the salt is, like – I don't know. Like, you know, we're salty bitches. Like, being (laughs) salty, sarcastic, like – 
And a part, a big part of our damaged daughter's download was like, you know, those tendencies and attitudes that come out of like, mm. of trauma, trauma. Yeah. The, the world really. And mm. our upbringings and where we're at at this point, like this pinnacle of society and yeah. So tracing the salt for me, it was more like. I don't know. I feel like it was like tracing, for, like, where is that sarcasm coming from? Why can't, why can't I not laugh at something? Like, oh wow, that's a whole totally <laughs> different. Yeah. I would never have thought of that. Tracing like the salty too. See, this is why we need each other. Yeah, I'm we s- teach each other. So yeah, this is why humans need each other. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has a different. Every time you say, like, we need each other, I, I do take it a little personally. Like, we're just talking about you and me. But obviously it's everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's both and. Well, this is why we all need to be allowed to be our be individual selves, authentic selves also. Because yeah. do you see how differently we see things, but there's value in how each of us sees it? Absolutely. We need this from each it's, other. Yeah. And, and everybody, yeah, just cannot drive home enough like our own unique gifts every single one of us like it's just insane to think about because like you think about like yeah you me my friends like everybody you know like yeah has their own unique gifts and then you're like there are billions of people on the planet and they each have their own unique gifts like Mm -hmm. it's just really phenomenal and amazing and yeah I think it's so hard to release the idea, especially in a capitalistic society, that you can't be everything. That was <sighs> that was a fucking big one for me. Like, you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta stay in your wheelhouse. You gotta stay in your lane. You have to stay in, like, your knowledge. And it's in community that we connect and meet other people that... And that's how we expand. It's like, there's somebody else in the community that does that work. And then you know them. You have a relationship with them. Network with them. And... Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just so beautiful the way it unfolds. Okay, I just went out on a little tangent there. Well, and it's all coming to this place where we're understanding that it doesn't work anymore to try to fit into a box or try to force somebody into a box for yourself and your own conformity and comfort. We're really breaking out of those barriers right now, right. like everywhere. <clears throat> and for some people, it's easier than others. And of course, it goes through all the different sectionalities in society as well. Mm-hmm. Like race, ability, accessibility, like your home life, uh, where you may or may not be working, your gender, yeah. your sexuality. Yes, exactly. The color of your skin. So that's what I thought. Trace the salt was is the saltitude, <laughs> and and for, by tracing that, you're embracing the shadow that's hiding behind it. Yeah. I mean, I think that saltiness is also part of being a witch, that a little bit of salt that says, that's not enough for me. I don't know about that. What do you mean exactly? That little something within ourselves that says the standards, I don't fit into the standards and I'm going to question them. Mm. Mm. Can can you think of places in your life that you've done that? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, Oh, yeah. For me, a couple things that I think of are, like, I 
starting in like seventh grade, I think it was, I stopped standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I was like, I don't understand this. And I just like sat and I was like, it's, I'm a free person. Like I can do what I want. And if I don't want to stand for the morning allegiance, like what's the worst they're going to do? Like call my grandma. And that probably would have sucked because my grandma, like, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing was just so nuanced, you know, I'm like, what is this and why? And like, and my teacher didn't say anything. Also, like, left turn only lanes. Do you really have to have your blinker on if you're taking a left-hand turn? Like, sometimes, yeah, it's necessary. But other times, like, you don't. Because I just remember my grandma always nagging me about turning on my blinker. Hmm. So, I feel like my examples are always a little strange, but they are truth. So, um, I think one of the first times that I really stood up against what everyone around me was doing was, um, so I was, I was raised as a Jehovah's witness and we would have these occasional large assemblies of, um, churches from certain regions. So everyone went from a certain region would gather at like, say the Tacoma dome and there would be like 10,000 of us at one time. Oh. Yeah. These were big experiences for us to look forward to. Okay. There really wasn't anything else to look forward to. And (laughs) I remember being 17. (laughs) Sorry, for a second I was just like, can I laugh at that? And then I just stayed silent and then I was like, (laughs) yes, you can laugh at that. Okay. I mean. Of course. You know what I'm referring to. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, No shade, but there's a little shade there. Go on. Oh, there's shade. There's shade. Okay. We're resting in the shade. (laughs) Called Shadow Work. Episode four. This is going to be ongoing and we're going to be honest. (laughs) So I was 17 and I was sitting in the audience and they began talking about, which was a very common occurrence. They always have a section of, of... the day where, and these were long days, like six or seven hours, and it would be all weekend. So three days of sitting there for six or seven hours listening to sermons and just all kinds of different things. Do you get up and dance and <clears throat> sing and stuff too? Uh, there are specific breaks where you have a song you're told you are going to sing, you sing it, and you sit down. You do not dance. You do not really show emotion. You sing it, and you sit down. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, um, I remember them specifically at this time. I mean, I was 17, so this was a little while ago, but they specifically called out Tybo as being evil. The exercise program? The exercise program, which at the time was really hot and I was really into exercise videos. So I was doing it. And you were doing it at the time. How old How old were you? When 17. You, when, okay, thanks. Sorry. That's I, okay. I know you already said that. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to look up what Tybo is again real quick because I know, but I want to see the photos. Sure. Yeah. And they also mentioned that I think the mom. movie Titanic was evil. Evil? Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Because... I'm not familiar with Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. and, like, the lingo. So, like, that, for me, that's just right this moment a little jarring. Like, evil. I don't know if that's 
that is their, I mean, that's eventually what the answer is going to be. Are they going to say that specific word? No, they're going to take three minutes to walk around the word they're trying not to say directly to you. But that's what you're supposed to leave understanding. Okay. It's not okay. I mean, a specific, this is an organization that looks at people and, like, calls on each other to call each other out if they're doing something. And they take disciplinary, disciplinary action on it. Okay. So, it's a, a fear-based thing. Okay. So, the more things that they were directly naming as not being okay, the more I knew that means it's okay to judge people if they're doing this. Mm. And I just couldn't take it. Like, there was just something within me that was like, it's not okay to police people's decisions Mm. on what they choose is okay for them. Yeah, like, why Tybo out of all of the fitness programs in the entire world? Well, they're going to call out specific things that are for the time and so because that mm. was a big thing at the time along I, with like yoga sense. and things like that yoga? anything anything that has any tie to any other religion besides theirs is directly from satan is what about belief. did tai bo have a religious tie i mean anything that has a connection with being like martial, like martial art. arts yeah. i mean the smallest tiniest connection <clears throat> okay okay yeah wow yeah yeah so And I just remember, I just had such a bad taste in my mouth for that. And I, I walked out of the auditorium and I sat in the car in the parking lot for the rest of the weekend and refused to attend any more of it. Oh, what's, what'd your family say? I was with friends of the family at the time. I spent a lot of my teenage years in and out of my family's home because it wasn't always a peaceful place to be. Yeah. Um, And so... I was staying with people that were like parents to me, but they didn't really know how to confront specific things like that. (laughs) And so I'm sure I got a chewing out for sure from both them and my parents at the time, but they didn't directly confront me about it. They just weren't happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to interrupt this episode real quick and just ask you a quick question because Diana and I talk a lot in this podcast about all of these different layers that it takes to get to know yourself and using tarot as the tool, using self-care as the guide. Did you know that Diana and I both offer services individually to our own clients and students to help guide them on their path within? Yes. And you can work with us via our membership sites. Courtney has the online movement studio, and I have readings and tarot mentorship available through Patreon. You can find both of those membership sites in our link in bio in each of our Instagram places. And you can also find our Damaged Daughters download, the free download that is a guide that goes hand in hand with all of the things that we invite you to explore and learn about and we talk about in this episode and all of the other episodes of this podcast. And with that, I will let you get back to listening. Was that the last time you went to that something like that? No, there were other, well, seriously, yes, but there were other times that I have gone knowing that they were present, 
because I was still questioning a lot of things in my life and I would just go just to observe. Hmm. And I could only be there for maybe half an hour, an hour, and I would oh. have to leave every time. Yeah, that's like not it was, very long at all. No, it was always this like very confirming place of like, no, even though your family is still here, it was like this understanding I had with myself that sometimes I needed to revisit it because it's a painful thing for me to be so separated from mm -hmm. because it was the first 20 years of my life, you know? Yeah. But visiting during those times where I felt I wanted to show up and, you know, it was like a confirmation, mm -hmm. kind of like a each time it was an initiation of, no, you do not want to still be in this place. Like you literally feel your heart drop when you yeah, come into this place. The you sensations feel, of the body. Yeah. Any curiosity or like wonderment that I could feel towards something of the divine or creator left me when I was in that presence. Mm. And so even though I wasn't very in alignment with myself spiritually at that point, I was just really still searching it out. I knew when it felt wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. must have been, was that, was it hard to kind of like face that? What you had grown up around wasn't. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Hard every single time. Yeah. But also blaringly, like blaringly obvious the more time passes. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's also what has brought me to shadow work was continually forming this path of needing to, or feeling like I needed to replace the family that I lost out of security. And so I just kept going towards things that were not me for acceptance. Mm. Yeah. And though I was forming some type of navigation within me, my choices were still not my own. And that's why shadow work is something that is so intentional for me is because until I was willing to face the things that I kept wanting to avoid about myself that I felt wouldn't fit in or that others may not like about me. Once I came to this place of facing that and letting go of the fears of what others need in my life or if I may ever be or find my place mm -hmm. and just surrendering to trusting who I am and who I am here to be that is was just like a natural part of what happened once I actually stopped and was doing it for myself what a journey that is yeah like I didn't really like it's not conscious right like I didn't like mean to kind of go into this whole like share <laughs> oh no <laughs> this whole huge conversation but yeah it just kind of naturally led into that but like yeah yeah, it is quite a journey. What is your definition of shadow work? I would say 
allowing those parts of myself that I have kept hidden, that I have felt are not acceptable for one reason or another, whether I was told that or I tell myself that. And practicing allowing those parts of myself to come out and to exist mm. and to express themselves and to start incorporating those parts of myself into who I am and who I identify as. Yeah. So that I'm bringing it into the light. I'm bringing the parts of me that, I mean, this can also be great. This yeah. can also be unprocessed pain and grief and grief, triggers, sadness, frustration. Yeah. Like it's all just like learning how to communicate better, learning what does make you tick, learning how you feel in your body. Like it's like turning towards the parts of you that you want to hide. I think that's the most beautiful, poignant definition. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And bringing it into the light. Like there's, you can't have one without the other. You can't. Yeah. It's the yin and yang. Yeah. And each one needs each other as well. Mm-hmm. Will you hand me that yellow card right there on the altar? Yes, I will. Because this is one of my all-time favorite quotes from Mr. Carl Jung. And it is... Oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> him. And it's quite poignant to what you're saying. If that is his pronouns. Right. Mm -hmm. There are as many nights as days, and the one is just as long as the other in the year's course. Even a happy life cannot be without a measure of darkness, and the word happy would lose its meaning if it were not balanced by sadness. Mm. Yeah. And then on the back of this, actually, I don't know what this is from. Balance focuses, forces us to accept what is and calms the mind. Yeah, it's like learning by accepting situations as is instead of reacting, we will have more chances to respond with a calm and nonviolent reaction. And that all comes with it's a practice and like training the nervous system and it's work, it's shadow work and, and it can be integrated into a lifestyle, like a self-care lifestyle. You can use tools such as tarot to help guide you through these energies. I just love that, that accepting situations as is instead of reacting, we have more chances to respond. It does and that's, it's just more chances, right? It doesn't mean you're going to do it every time. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant lesson, it, the constant that constantly circles around, giving you another opportunity, and you never know how something's going to catch you, what mood you're going to be in, and all of that. But it's not like this big guessing game. We build the tools to be able to know that eventually one time we have the stability and the strength and we can stand in it and it comes back around and we responded differently. But it yeah. takes... It takes first noticing, like you're having the reactions, you notice that reaction, and starting to put tools in place. Right. Well, I love that you're bringing that up, because I feel that that's a big part of why we choose to do shadow work, is we really start to question why the things that are occurring in our lives are occurring. We start questioning why it is the way Mm. that it is. 
Questioners. Yeah. What is our place in the world? Now that we're aware that we have a place in the world, how are we responding to the world around us? Why are we responding to the world around us the Mm. way that we are? Oh, wait. I'm the one that's responding. Why am I responding that way? Where did I learn all this? And Right. Like, why do I feel this way? Like, that's when you start really getting into it. You have to be able to see yourself. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be wrong. Yeah. It needs to be okay to be wrong. Because mm, that was we a are... really hard lesson for me in my life. Oh, God. It is hard every time. You're <laughs> like... It's like a new level of hard. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. It just, that's when you start getting into that place of, okay, so what are the parts of me that make me overreact when this comes up? Why do I feel this strongly about this? And it's also, I do think that part of it is that you don't necessarily have to go the route of like why first and questioning everything. I think a part of my route to all of this was also through movement and yoga and things like that. It's drawing Mm. attention to noticing the different reactions I'm actually having in my body Mm. and Mm. then expanding to realize like, oh, I can actually can. I mean, I started, I think it was like a self-help book that was like, you actually can control like your reactions Mm -hmm. and I was like what like this that seems like such a like such a crock of shit Mm -hmm. like I don't it's like I don't want to be an angry person but I'm really fucking angry and I guess something within that like I became so curious about it I had to chase it to find out for myself and then I was determined to like make it true for me Mm -hmm. Like, and I do ask that question a lot for people. Like, do you believe that it's possible for you? Do you believe that you can change? Do you believe that people are inherently good? Can you believe that? Like, they're... Yeah. That's a really important mindset for that, too. And you can get deeper into that if you go towards understanding that you're co-creating your life and getting into manifestation and things like that. Like, actually believing that change is possible if you don't even believe that you can change or that change is possible, that's not opening doors for you. And there are so many layers to that too, because like studies show that people that don't like with, like you can't, if you can't imagine a better world for yourself, then you're not going to be like dreaming about it and you can't believe that it's possible for you. And we can't imagine when we're busy having to work and pay attention to meeting all of our basic needs. And that is like absolutely how capitalism like runs the oppression. Well, we're brought into this understanding that unless we're working hard, we're not working. Unless we're sacrificing, we're not earning. And we're just, not meant to show up that way. I mean, I know I brought up some some words with like manifesting and we could totally go <laughs> into those things too. And I wasn't bringing that up to actually be a topic or anything, but like, yeah, it's very much a part of, in some ways can be used against you to hold you back in ways with capitalism, you know? Yeah. It literally, the oppression, it, I, like, I think the oppression is really 
hits it on the head because it does it it presses you it keeps you from being able to imagine a different and better life for yourself and if you can't imagine it then you can't believe it it's like that seeing to believe thing and I honestly I think that's a big part of how social media has been a big positive influence in my life is because I was able to read articles and see other people living in a way that I didn't know to be possible for myself Mm. and that's how I started to like really be able to believe that these things are could happen for me that's that's awesome yeah that's a really good way to look at it yeah I'm still working on a lot of that creative visualization and Mm. and visualizing for myself because I do definitely come from that lack mentality and and poverty and, and you know there's I've literally been homeless so like to me there's there was such deep gratitude even in coming back to a place of like having a home yeah and so when you come from that you're like wanting more seems excessive when you really see how little it takes for survival and things like that and yet at the same time what's wrong with wanting what's wrong with having what's wrong with having What's wrong with having the ability to give? Especially since we have such mm. I love seeing that you said that. and and we want things for people that don't have things right now. What the hell is wrong with calling in abundance so we can start giving back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I that's something that's really driving my abundance mindset right now, for sure, because that's that has heart like it's been hard to step into being super abundant myself. We're just like going down this path now of like Are we getting off topic? I mean, they all roll together. <laughs> I mean, right. it's true. <clears throat> abundance and manifestation, is that what you're thinking? Um, well, just, just like money mindset, especially Mm. like I've just been stepping into like a more abundant money mindset and this isn't just like recently, but like over the last couple years Mm -hmm. recent where I just like, yeah, why the fuck not me? And I mean, I honestly, something that I think is kind of cool that I've realized too recently is that ever since I was a little kid, I've dreamt about like getting money and, and donating it and just giving it back. And I love that we're finally living in a world where we're waking up to what the fuck is equitable distribution, what is equity, (laughs) and really, like, distributing that in society for all people. And I'm excited to, yeah, have a thriving business that supports those new systems that we're creating in our society. Yeah, absolutely. I I love watching these bridges come up where people are making it possible to directly connect with people that need help and are being overlooked or oppressed and are making sure that they are being seen and like there's so much of that now and I just I really appreciate actually seeing humanity rise up to the occasion it's exciting it's really exciting it's it's there's just so much there's so many layers right because we're also at the biggest divide that we've ever felt and it's Mm -hmm. challenging you and I have had this conversation a lot but it's challenging to remain the bridge 
amidst the divide when it's an ever-widening divide. Like, that thins a a bridge out, you know what I mean? (laughs) Wow! That's a really good metaphor, though, because, like, I really, truly, being a bridge between all the different beliefs and people and... (sighs) It's been exhausting over the last year. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, doing this work... This is not a work that we are done with. Oh, never. And it's also not work that you expect to do. (laughs) Like, you just, I don't know, you're like, cool, like, I learned about the work, or I'm doing the work. Mm -hmm. And you have to It's not a conscious thing. Like, we can talk about it, we can have an episode titled after it, but I just, it's not, I'm not, like, thinking, I don't live my life thinking about doing the work too much as an ancestor I do definitely like understanding breaking those cycles but it's just like I don't know it's just it's just like so like so much my truth that's it like I don't know how else to explain it well and you know different places in life will have different times where it will call on you differently whereas you may have more You may have had a lot that you were working on in the past, and right now you're having a rest period. I'm in a period where I'm not only holding my own shadow work, but I'm also trying to understand and learn how to teach my children how to work through their own shadow work. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a lot. And it is a lot, but I know that. Also, it's not always going to be like this either. Yeah. You know, like it's going to fluctuate. Well, and that's part of shadow work too is the impermanence, embracing the impermanence of it all. And yeah, exactly. Knowing that it's going to fluctuate and that doesn't mean that you are fluctuating. Like you can remain that calm, nonviolent. Well, non-reactive. Yeah, non-reactive. Yeah. If you want to choose violence, I loved this conversation in my social justice class with Dr. T. Williams last summer. But it's like we just have to remember that there's no one size fits all for anything. There just isn't. There is not. No, and there isn't because <coughs> I mean I don't want to get deep into the politics stuff, but I know every person around me if they had a family member that had been harmed, violence would immediately come to their mind out of protection. Mm, yeah, you know and that's, I mean? that's what I was saying, is that some people do choose violence, and some people have taken vows for nonviolence. Um, and, I mean, there is, uh, that's also another thing for, like, the healing arts and shadow work, is, right. and that I feel very called to is grief work. And, and right. in grief, being able to reach the barrier of grief, you have to be able to break through the barrier of anger and rage and there needs to be sacred safe space to really have 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 those emotions shown because we are told like no like don't cry don't get angry and like or that they're those are bad feelings and it's like they are normal human emotions that you we need to feel we need to be able to feel them and the more I've at least found the more that we've been able I've been able to cultivate letting myself feel those I'm not stuck in them so long anymore. I used to get depressed or, like, something wouldn't go right, and I'd be fucking holding on to that shit for days or weeks or months. And now it's, like, I can just, like, have a little cry, and I'm fucking good. 
Yeah. Like, this version of myself would, is, like, completely non-existent in the mind of a younger version of me who, like, yeah. struggled so deeply with her emotional capacity. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Like, this whole, the process really gives you something that allows you to release the things that you hold within that, that pile up and add to why. The world is making you respond the way you are. We don't have spiritual ways of release mm. and recognizing ourselves. And this is like an actual process of nothing but recognition and acceptance. Yeah. Which most of us have never had. Right. Well, and in that, I also want to say, like, as you're learning, like, you know, you make some sort of decision to do shadow work, you want to turn towards these edges within yourself, like, you can do, you can do it and explore and definitely a certain amount in yourself, but I cannot stress enough to have support of an out, like, of a professional. Friends are great, having a supportive family is great, and if you, especially if you don't have those, in some way, shape, or form, you must seek a professional in this capacity. And that can be so many layers. Diana and I both, in our own respective rights, hold space for those things. You can see, like, so many different types of therapists. Um, yeah, there's a lot more accessibility than there used to be, and it's needed. It's yeah. very needed. I would say it still has a long way to go, but it's getting better yeah and it doesn't have to necessarily just be like one person that's a mentor or guide either like you can ex explore like workshops and classes and things like that as well mm -hmm. like but don't underestimate the capacity of seeing a professional because it's somebody that has like people get into these professions because they've been there and they like have a deep calling within themselves to want to help others. Yeah, absolutely. So if anything, just recognize that you're not alone in anything that you are feeling. Oh, yes. And we will probably add some links to the show notes for things we may recommend for you to look for resources. Can you think of any? We can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a note so we don't forget to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you think of any? We will. We will. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, what a great episode today. This was a really fun conversation. I'm glad we finally got to talk about what shadow work is. Funny that we like completely agree on shadow work, but <laughs> we were completely opposite on the salt. But how beautiful is that? Immensely. I mean, it's like we just painted this amazing portrait like a, a portal into growth mm. and understanding and I think people will really resonate with it I hope so yeah. let us know if you do please yeah. are we doing an icebreaker close out or are we just closing out I mean we can just close out okay unless you have an icebreaker I don't I, okay. and I can't I'm not great with thinking of them off the top of my head <laughs> that's okay we hope that you enjoyed this episode today. Remember that you can follow both Diana and I at our respective Instagram channels and the handle self-care creature for me, Diana. Safe passage tarot with underscores between the words. And we would greatly appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> 
If you want to take a screenshot and tag us, sharing your stories or on your grid if that resonates, or just send us a DM and let us know like, hey, I really heard myself in your story, or this is what really resonated, or I have a question about this, or, you know, I didn't find this to be true for me. This is an open conversation that we really want to have as we start cultivating more of community through the show. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Hit subscribe and we will see you next week or two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs>